What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Mystic Hour with your boy Mystic Black and the man. I mean that way. The Nick man, Marcus. the man is Jimmy Butler. The man is Jimmy Butler. Yes, the man is Jimmy Butler. I mean, the men is the man the is the men. The men are the heat. The, the men is, are the heat. But the man is Bama Bayo, man. What a beautiful block to end that game yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yes, um, for the basketball fans out there, this this NBA playoffs has been absolutely absurd in the most amazing way. Got more games coming tomorrow with the Lakers uh, taking on the Nuggets, which is going to be pretty good. Or no, that's Friday. Excuse me, on Friday. Okay. But lots of good things that happened this week. I know, right? And uh, to the Clippers fans out there, don't forget who the best team in California is, and that is the LA Lakers. But anyways, but anyway, uh, anyways, um, we had some uh, great fights this past weekend. Uh, Angela Hill took on um, Michelle Waterson in the main event. Uh, it was a really good fight, uh, back and forth. It went all five rounds. Even though me and predict me, I think I predicted that it would uh, end early because both of these ladies. Uh, tend to go into split decisions. And what ends up happening in this fight? Another split decision. Um, yeah. Nick, how do you feel about this fight? I mean, you know, I feel terrible for Angela Hill because I know that results haven't always gone her way when it comes to decision. Um, but I, I can't necessarily be mad with the results. Uh, I mean, if you look at the the numbers, yeah, okay, maybe maybe Hill got some more hits to the head on, on the karate hottie Michelle Watterson. But... I still think that Michelle Watterson controlled this fight, which is why I wanted Angela Hill to actually not even let this get to the uh, to decision. I wanted her to to knock her out, maybe not so early on, but um, I don't know. I felt like maybe she was a bit reserved in this attack. I mean, at the same time, it was kind of hard to keep up with Michelle Watterson. I mean, she was coming in hot all all of the rounds of the of that fight. Absolutely, she was pushing forward a lot, and Angela Hill was kind of striking her as well. There was a combination of a lot of different things, but. Yeah, I definitely. feel that if Angela Hill doesn't want to have this issue anymore, and even Michelle Watterson, seriously, because she could have lost that fight easily, and yeah. Angela Hill outstruck her in three out of the five rounds and completely with a significant strike, she outstruck her. And if you look at their faces with damage, so if you want to do bo both things, Michelle Watterson mm -hmm. looked like she was in a horrible fight. Angela Hill looked like she just took a shower and it's like, eh, I just sweat. I was at the gym, but I'm doing yeah. fine. But Angela Hill needs to mix it up a little bit more, maybe get in some takedowns, maybe – you know, push her up against uh, the fence, show some control, and get some more points to show that you are, are taking advantage of these rounds completely. Like, at the end of a couple rounds, maybe she'll get a takedown. You know, um, Jessica I is a good example of that. When she was fighting to a couple of split yeah. decisions, she ended up fighting, uh, I forget uh, her name. Oh, my God, I can't say it off the top of my head. But she ends up starting to add takedowns to her, her game, and she was taking her down at the end of each round just to get those points. I saw Angela Hill the other day post her doing some jujitsu on the floor, her doing a little bit of wrestling. So I feel like in the next up and coming fight, she's going to kind of try to mix it up more. And I feel like she can tweak out decisions or, you know, maybe submit someone. Yeah, I mean, that's what she's going to have to do, right? If you really want to eliminate any third party, it, you have to take matters into your own hands. That I know that's easier said than done. But I mean, and this is to say, too, that like had the, the judges decided to go with with Hill on this one, I wouldn't have been upset either. I felt like this was sort of a toss-up. Like, I, I, that's what I hate about decision-making is that, like, you know, it, it kind of sucks because, you know, in retrospect, you look at it and you're like, well, you know, Angela fought well, Michelle fought well. But, um, you know, obviously they're going to look at the stats and they're going to look at, you know, time control. Other than, obviously, physical appearance at the end of the fight, they're going to look at who controlled most of the time. Um, takedowns, this is another one of those situations where total strikes, significant strikes were pretty close as far as the amount, but then that one take uh, down over zero takedowns for Angela Hill, sometimes that's just enough to take you over the edge. And sometimes it goes the other way. Like I said, it's all about physical appearance. You mentioned that Angela Hill looked like she was doing just fine, whereas Michelle Watterson, um, you know, she, she looked like she got the shit kicked out of her, but it wasn't necessarily the case. And absolutely. And can you imagine if uh, Angela Hill would have won these past couple fights? She would have been on a, what, six-fight winning streak right now in that, in that division, but... Yeah. Unfortunately, she ended up uh, tweaking out that decision. I don't see Michelle Watterson really moving up too much after that because it was a very close fight. Um, yeah, but I think she stays where she is. Angela Hill stays in her position. And I don't know who they fight next. I can't really tell because that was such a, a, a weird dynamic to nobody really looked dominant in that fight. So I guess they'll fight somebody within the range of where they are already. Uh, maybe somebody below Angela Hill. Maybe Michelle Watterson will fight somebody right above her, like a Claudia Gadela who got her fight canceled. So... Maybe she could jump in there, but 
Michelle Watterson is not somebody that fights um, too frequently. She fights about like twice a year. So I don't see her coming back until next year. And I feel like she got beat up pretty bad and her eye was a little swollen. So maybe she has a broken orbital. I'm not reporting anything, but you never know right. what uh, could have happened in that fight. After well, that fight. Well, I guess we'll see. I mean, Angela, I don't think she took too much damage. She really wanted to jump in now. Especially like you want, when you have sort of that, you want to redeem yourself. Um, I'm, I'm guessing she's going to jump at the next opportunity as soon as possible. Or it's a possibility that she's still so emotionally distraught by once again having a decision go against her. And maybe she's going to take a break. I mean, I think she even said that, like, I'm going to have to start knocking these bitches out to get some wins <laughs> or something. But it's just like, I mean, I kind of wish you had done that math before the... Uh, the yeah. uh, like, it's not, it's not like this isn't typical, like, oh, okay, who am I fighting? Or this is how, what I have to do to win. You could just approach any fighter that way, you know? But like I said, Michelle gave her a hard time. And I think maybe that's what the, uh, what the judges saw in that. Exactly. If you're going to talk about, like, I need to knock these girls out, you should have thought of that in all the other split decisions that you had. So not sure what Angela Hill needs to change within her game. Hopefully she'll find, I mean, I'm sure what it is. It's just, you know, finishing. But um, that's up to her to see what she can change for the next fight. And hopefully she makes those arrangements and maybe go somewhere and get some different kind of training. Not to say that Alliance MMA is bad, but, you know, she can switch it up a little bit. But in the co-main event, uh, Mike Rodriguez took on Ed, Her uh, Herm yeah, Ed Herman in a very controversial uh, finish. In the second round, uh, Mike, Mike Rodriguez hit Herman with a body shot, a knee, a knee, to, the body, a knee to the stomach, and Ed goes down. The ref stops uh, Mike from hitting him again and says, go to the back. He says, nuts, <laughs> which was weird. You never think you'd hear yeah. that for a ref to say nuts, like you hit him in the nuts. Yeah. And if you look at the replay, the knee went straight to Herman's stomach. So the ref gave Herman five minutes to recover. He recovered after the five minutes. And then Rodriguez knocks him out down again and basically take TKOs him. And the ref never stops the fight and kind of gave Herman a, a chance. So they go to the third round. Herman takes him down and gets uh, Rodriguez in a Kimura and ends up finishing the fight. Dana White still ended up giving um, Mike Rodriguez his win bonus because he felt that he won that fight in the second round. The ref make a mistake there? I mean, obviously, I think it's, and I'll say, I don't know when it's given that everything with COVID and everything, but the Oscars coming up, it only should nominate Herman for that performance being hit below the belt. He really sold it. And um, you can see in the replay, of course, the referee, it's easier for us to criticize him because he's there in real time. He doesn't have replay or anything like that. But, yeah, he definitely made the mistake. And then not only that, but just to, like, sort of not let the fight flow, you know? Like, if you're going to stop it, stop it for good, you know? Like, if, if it's that severe that you feel like it needs to be, um, that it needs to just end, you know, go ahead. You have the power to and, and the authority to do that. But it was just a weird thing for me. It's like, what's going on here? It's kind of like, I suppose, like when you're watching football or soccer or, or basketball and you have like these review of the plays and, it, and it's for us, I suppose, like I said, it's blatantly obvious what happened or what didn't happen. Um, so I don't want to discredit the referee completely, but it was just weird. And then the fact that Herman was able to come back from it and win, that's why I feel like it, it, that's why we're still talking about it today, I feel, because it had, uh, had Rodriguez come out and, and, and continued and, and won the fight, you know, it wouldn't have been as big of an issue. But nonetheless, I'm glad that Dana White went ahead and gave uh, gave Mike his his purse and and um, and you know I guess sort of honored that and that's something that I've always kind of appreciated about Dana White is that he's not always a by the by the book type of uh, type of mentality you know like he understands that everything's black and white uh, there are some gray areas and and I I feel that for most of the time he he tends to you know to to correct those uh, those mistakes in a good way. Yeah, uh, and and Dana White is not known for siding with referees ever. Uh, he's had a lot of issues mm -hmm. in the past with like a Steve Mazzagatti's, uh Never really with yeah, Herbie or Big John. Yeah, he mentioned him. He's just like that was a worse than a Steve Mazzagatti yeah. mistake that he made there. And Steve Mazzagatti has made a lot of mistakes. He doesn't even ref anymore. That's how bad he got, and he just couldn't do it anymore and get that ridicule from Dana White. But it's good that he gave Rodriguez his uh, win bonus. That's awesome of Dana White to do. He deserved that. But Mike Rodriguez wasn't too, uh, he didn't have too much of a complaint after he did a couple of interviews and he's like, you know what, if I was Herman, I'd sell it too because he, Herman clearly was out, of that, was out of that fight after he received that body mm -hmm. shot. So he, he wasn't too upset about that. In that third round, Rodriguez lost, clear, he lost that round clearly when he got submitted. So 
he didn't take himself out of that situation. So I understand that. But when it comes to the, to the ref, they have to have some kind of instant replay to look at that. If the corner is saying something, you know, maybe I don't think Dana White can jump in there because that'll be kind of conflicting with like the Nevada State Athletic Commission, yeah. I'm sure, because he's a promoter. But um, I feel like maybe the ref should, I mean, uh, doctors outside should say something or there's got to be some kind of outside person for when these things happen so they can re- replay it so these mistakes don't happen. Because now Rodriguez has a loss on his uh, his uh, his record, unfortunately, and it was controversial. And when you look at that, all you're going to see is a loss and not how it happened. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then going back to what you mentioned about Rodriguez commenting about how Herman sold that and that he would have done the same. I mean, it's it's one of those things like don't hate the player, hate the game. You know, when you get an opportunity as washed as it is or as, as uh, I guess you could say as phony as it is, I mean, you got to sell it, you know, and that's that's kind of like we, we've seen that evolve, like, you know, with this whole flopping and other sports, too, you know, so unfortunately with sports and I guess more, you know, obviously education about about um severe injuries and stuff like that. Um, you know, obviously sports have gotten softer throughout the decades and you're going to, you got to take advantage of that, even in the toughest sport, which is mixed martial arts. Absolutely. And I hope to see Rodriguez get somebody ranked in the top 15 of that uh, light heavyweight division. Herman is now on a four, uh, three fight win streak. And Herman has been fighting since the ultimate fighter too. So he is 14 years in on a three fight win streak. So that's good for him too. Can't take that away from him. And we'll see what happens next with these two. Maybe a rematch down the road. Maybe they don't want to give give them that rematch, and we'll see what happens. But hopefully, we'll see uh, in that light heavyweight division. There's just so much going on there, especially with John Jones not being there. So there's a lot of space, and we'll see yeah. what happens next. This weekend, we have one of the biggest cards of the year. I think it is the mm-hmm. best non pay per view card that is for free on ESPN for everybody to watch. We have the main event in Tyron Woodley versus Colby Covington a fight that probably should have happened two years ago, but it is happening this weekend, of course, during this quarantine time period. You think that would be the headline of a pay-per-view for a title? It's not, unfortunately, because Tyron Willie is no longer the champion. Colby Covington is no longer the, the, the interim champion, but there is so much animosity behind this fight. There is. This is going to be a, a juicy one, uh, to say the least. I, I think it's going to be, I mean, obviously you have that tension there. You have that rivalry. These guys don't like each other. Uh, on a fighter level, on an opponent level, even dare I say, even a political level, you know, yeah. like, so, so, you know, like that, and especially in the year that we're in, you know, that, that kind of tension runs deep. So it's definitely going to be exciting. I, I really feel though, that this is a must win. And I mean like the most of must wins for Tyron, uh, for Tyron Woodley, because if he doesn't win this, I mean, what's going to happen. Uh, it, it's just like, you can only give somebody so many chances and, I'm concerned that if he doesn't win this, that he's going to be, you know, perhaps downgraded to fighting some of the lower guys in the in those rankings, and and I don't know if he'll ever get an opportunity after this, especially yeah. at 38. Even yeah. though he's young, um, for most of us, I mean, there's so much talent in that weight division that you can't really be holding people back to continue giving this guy opportunities. Absolutely, and he's not getting any younger. That father time is starting to hit him a little bit. Um, He's uh, Tyron Woodley has lost his past two fights. He's lost all rounds of the last two fights, which is unheard of that you never think a fighter like Tyron Woodley would lose that amount of rounds consecutively. Not to say it wasn't some two great fighters who will be fighting for the welterweight title in December, Gilbert Burns and Kamaru Usman. But Woodley has not looked like himself. He's been holding back. He's never really throwing those hands. He's not letting those hands go. And it's definitely showing in his fights. Kobe Covington, on the other hand, has only lost one fight. He's only lost one fight uh, in his past eight fights. He's only lost one, and that was to yeah. the current champion, Kamaru Usman. He was TKO'd by him last year um, in the and fifth round. And in the fifth round, I might add. In the yeah, fifth round, yeah. In the fifth said, round yeah. to a fight that he was actually winning on the judges' score, scorecard. So if that fight would have went to the end, Kobe Covington would have been champion right now. So mm-hmm. uh, Tyron Woodley and Kobe Covington had an ongoing feud uh, two years ago. Kobe Covington said Tyron Woodley, uh, that he beat him up in training. Tyron Woodley said he took Kobe Covington down so many times that Kobe Covington got so mad screaming and left the room because they both trained uh, in Florida at American Top Team. Kobe Covington is no longer training at American Top Team, and he is now at MMA Masters, which is a rival school of American Top Team. And Tyron Woodley has pulled something out of his pocket and has Jorge Masvidal training with him, and they've been training together for the past four weeks, which is very, 
very interesting to add and to stir the bucket with. Can you imagine seeing Jorge Masvidal come out and, and corner Tyron Woodley against Kobe Covington? Holy shit. That would, be, that, that would be absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I was going to say, like, that would be cool to see him in the crowd, although there is no crowd. Um, but, I mean, to, if he came and cornered him, I mean, talk, talk about, you know, adding the cherry on top of the Sunday. I mean, that would be... Talk would about be drama. <laughs> talk I would, about I would, drama. I would absolutely love that. I, I think I think that needs to happen. Now that you put that out there in the universe, I think it needs to happen because, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be entertaining enough as it is already, and why not get somebody like Masvidal in his corner? Who knows? Maybe Masvidal... It's, uh, this might turn into like a WWE match where the tag teams, uh, you know, and, and he jumps in there and he starts fighting Colby, so... I mean, no, obviously, we're not going to get into, into <laughs> such ridiculousness. But still, like, I mean, that, that would be a, a nice touch, you know, to definitely have uh, Jorge in, in uh, Woodley's corner. Yeah, that would be that would be crazy. Um, we're going to see what Woodley is made of in this fight and if he can still compete with the top five of the welterweight division. And just like you said, if he doesn't win this fight, we're going to see him fighting people either lower in the weight class or, to be honest, if Tyron Woodley does not win this fight, I see him retiring, maybe going into acting and just straight coaching because who wants to keep – fighting and and taking those losses like that to the guys that are up there. He's not one of those fighters who's going to want to work his way back up again to get to a title shot. He'd fall pretty fat, pretty far down if he doesn't win this fight. But if he wins this fight, he's back at number two in the welterweight division, and he could fight for that title right after Gilbert Burns and uh, Kamaru Usman fight. Or maybe they'll set up a fight between him and um, Jorge Masvidal, even though they've been training together. But still, at the same time, yeah. we've got to see who's – Gonna fight the champion next, and those are the guys that are in that top four and uh, the top five within that welterweight division. And I just want to see if Tyron Woodley is going to let his hands go and not back well, up I mean, anymore, like he was in his, his past two fights. I think he has no choice. He has no choice. He really doesn't. I mean, he has to win here. He really does. Like you said, it's either for me, it's boomer bust. I think he he either wins or, like you said, just retire. Get into get more into your TMZ, get into more of your acting or whatever side projects. Obviously, you've been a great fighter, you've been a champion. I think how many times? Five times? He's defending his belt three times, I believe. Three times. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was more than one. Wonder Boy, anyways, Wonder I, Boy I, twice, I and then uh I forget again, Darren Till. Yeah, that's that's right, that's right. Um uh, Kobe was uh, the interim champ. Yeah. There, uh, during his injury. Yeah, no, I, I think that um that yeah, man, he needs he needs to definitely throw those hands, and I I think he's going to be motivated, obviously, because I feel like this is going to be one of those situations. Your back's against the wall, you don't know what's going to happen, and um, and you know that this is going to be perhaps your last opportunity. So he definitely has to come out. Um, that being said, though, do you have any prediction yet or no? Uh, my prediction for this fight. Oh my god! Oh, before we even go into the prediction thing, just like you said, the political uh, uh, thing is going to be. Yeah, the tension. Though. Something to talk about. It's going to be tension. Too. There's going to be a press conference tomorrow, and I'm sure Kobe Covington's going to come with his Make America again. Yeah, uh, with, his whole, again. Ma- with his whole MAGA outfit. MAGA outfit. And and maybe Tyron Woodley comes out with a Black Lives Matter thing, and that becomes a whole, like, uh, that makes the tension worse. But Tyron Woodley spoke about him fighting for himself and just, like, not making that a thing because it's going to make him fight too over-emotionally. Um, yeah. Do I believe him when he says that? No, not a chance. I feel like if Tyron Woodley knocks out Kobe Covington – He's gonna say something crazy. If Kobe Covington beats yeah. uh, Tyron Woodley, he's gonna say something crazy, controversial, of course, because this is the character that Kobe Covington plays. I don't know if he's like that in real life. I don't think so, but it works for him. People want to watch him. People have uh, their eyes uh, when he he fights as well. But um, prediction-wise, I am going to go. Oh my God, this hurts me. No. I'm gonna. I think Tyron Woodley is. He's he he he's gonna find. He's gonna find. He's gonna find that fire in him. He's gonna fight like the fight is only two rounds, and he's gonna throw those hands off the bat. He's going to throw his hands off the bat. Kobe Covington does not hit hard enough for Tyron Woodley to be afraid to throw his hands. Gilbert Burns hits hard. Usman hits hard. Kobe Covington has never proven to hit hard. Has knocked out nobody. So I don't see Tyron Woodley getting scared, and I think he's gonna push forward and not backwards for the first time in his in, in a long time from when he like when he fought Robbie Lawler. And he just yeah. went directly at him. And I feel like that fire that Jorge Masvidal gave him throughout the camp, I don't know if you watch some of the champ camp videos, it's going to be a whole different ball game. I'm going Tyron Woodley, third round KO. That's a bold move, man. And you know what? <laughs> what's so funny is that, you know, I, I getting into, into UFC when I did, 
Um, Tyron Woodley has always been one of my, my favorite fighters. Uh, I think he's an incredible fighter. And I got, I got into it like pretty much when he was in his prime. And my heart wants to go with Woodley, but my brain is telling me that Covington is going to win this fight. And I think the reason why is because he knows that he nearly beat Usman. He's, like you said, he had him beat on the scorecard before he got uh, before he got TKO'd. And, um, and I think that he doesn't want any momentum slip. He wants to continue this. And I think not only that, but he's just that naturally talented where I feel that Woodley might be, like I said, on the decline. Um, I just think that Covington was was pretty convincing for me against Kamar Usman. Now, granted, of course, Usman, uh, not his best performances, the last uh, his last two fights. Uh, but nonetheless, like I, I'd like to see Colby uh, win this one just because I think that he's still climbing. Whereas Tyrone Woodley, I feel that he really doesn't have anything to, to prove, you know? Um, uh, so uh, all emotion detached, I definitely would. Uh, that's what I uh, I think is going to happen. And I, what, I suppose, I, I don't know if I would like to see it, but I wouldn't mind seeing it either. So you're saying I'm being emotional? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, I, I, I don't want to be emotional. I mean, you're I got one, emotional with Jorge Masvidal and, and Kamar Snoozman. You are and, 100% and wanna... correct when you say that. 100%. I'm emotionally picking Tyrone Woodley. I feel you're like emotionally you're invested. I'm emotionally invested. I mean, it's hard in not to be in, in, in emotionally invested, right? I mean, like we said, like, they, they're fighting, even though I think it would be it would be irresponsible for these guys to to, you know, sort of, have this political rivalry sort of be a factor in this fight. Um, Cause I, I think that's when people really lose when they get an external factor and they bring it in uh, into the fight. That's when they lose focus. Your judgment gets clouded and it really fucks with your game. So I think what they need to do is stay focused on the opponent rather than I suppose the history, uh, the, the political beef between them, the, the being old teammates and everything like that. I think that they need to move past that and just look at where they are right now, right? If I'm Kobe, I'm looking at Tyron, uh, Tyron Woodley thinking like, okay, this guy's got to be desperate for a win. And, and these are his weaknesses that he showed in the last two fights. And that's what I'm going to attack. And if I'm Woodley, I'm going to think not so much about the pressure that's on him, but I'm going to look at Kobe and say like, okay, what has he been doing well at? Well, I should be watching out for that. And, I should, and, and I'm going to keep my eye out for that. And I'm also going to see whatever weaknesses um, I could find. And I'm going to take advantage of it. Remove all the excess stuff, as entertaining as it is. Just get in there and focus on the fighter, not the history. Yeah, and, and Kobe Covington is very good at that. And as um, much as he talks before fights, when he gets in that cage, it's all business. He's literally all business. Even yeah, before he, he fought Robbie Lawler, I thought Robbie Lawler was going to take care of him. Kobe Covington worked him and had the most significant strikes in a UFC fight ever. So I can definitely give him credit there. He is more on the rise than Tyron Woodley. I would like to see Kobe Covington take on Usman part two. I feel like that'd be more of a competitive fight compared to Woodley, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take away from my pick. I'm still sticking with Tyron Woodley to get that, that third round KO and knock him out. So we'll see what happens there. In the co-main event of that, you have one more thing you want to say? You want to add? Well, I was just going to say, if we're going to get all emotional, I was going to say, I don't think that Usman is going to get that rematch with Kobe because he's going to lose to Gilbert Burns and then Kobe's going to be the one to to fight for the title. We're not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. December, that's a hot take right there. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. We'll see what happens. You're ready here first. Yeah. <laughs> in, our co- in the Coleman event, uh, Donald Cerrone is going to be taking on Nico Price in the welterweight division. Um, this is not uh, any ranked This is not any uh, ranked fight. They're both not ranked right now. Cerrone has been ranked in the welterweight division as far as five. Nico Price has never got to really taste the rankings there, but this would be definitely a step forward and a good big name for him to beat. Uh, Donald Cerrone's last fight was against Anthony Pettis to a fight where I feel like Donald Cerrone won. A lot of people felt like he won. Unfortunately, that put him on a, the first three-fight three, three fight skid of his career. And this is going to be a very interesting one because you got a guy who's powerful like Nico Price who has knocked out people from his back throwing kicks. Uh, and Donald Cerrone is a guy who's very good, elusive with his striking, throws beautiful combos, uh, loves a good war. And I think this is going to be fight of the night. Yeah, you know what? I, I can actually see that too. And I think that Cerrone's actually, I guess this is the early prediction. I think Cerrone's going to take this one because, I mean, I felt that he actually did win that fight against Pettis. Like you said, he doesn't have any, uh, He uh, at least in that last fight, he didn't show any signs of slowing down. He doesn't He doesn't look any, um, he doesn't look rusted whatsoever. And I'm sure he's going to be wanting to come and, and, you know, seek out some vindication for that result last time because he lost his last three fights before that one too. But you also got to think, who did he fight? He fought McGregor, he fought yep. Gaethje, and yep. then he fought Ferguson before that. 
So yep. obviously he's due for a win. And if you if you look at it, actually, sometimes when you fight somebody as great as the three names that I mentioned prior to Pettis, and even Pettis, Pettis obviously has a tremendous pedigree in this in this uh, in this promotion. But when you when you lose to guys like that, it's not necessarily always a loss because you always got to look at who you lost to. You know, whereas I feel like Nico Price. That he's beaten some guys and he's lost to some guys, but like I feel it's nobody as as major as the guys that um, Cerrone uh, has fought. So I think Cerrone's going to come out here. I think he's going to win. I think he has the mentality to go out there and win. And I think perhaps maybe he retires because I don't see him retiring before he get. I, I think he needs to retire with a win, and I think that's exactly what he's looking for. And I think that's why he's still in it. And if he doesn't retire, I'm I'm game for that too. I'm I'm always on to watch Cowboy. Absolutely, and I made a mistake there. He's not on a three-fight winning losing streak. He's on a four-fight losing streak. Because yeah, yeah, it really is three fights. Yeah, it's so really three. I thought he won the last one, so I'm gonna give him that. We're just gonna say three. But um, yeah, Cerrone has long a long career. He has the most fights in UFC uh, history uh, with Jim Miller. Him and him and Jim Miller are tied with 35 fights between Sufa and the UFC, which mm -hmm. is crazy and absurd. Um, he's fought the Husus. He's fought the Conor McGregor's. He's fought for a title twice. Um, this is definitely going to be a fight to see where he is in his career. If he can't be a Nico Price, there's not really much left for him to do within that division or even a lightweight division. Because I know he he doesn't want to cut to that weight again. It puts it's very brutal. He's getting only older. Donald Cerrone is a what? Thirty seven years old now. He's getting he's getting up thirty eight or thirty eight years old. He's getting up there in age. Let's see, thirty seven. He's thirty seven. Thirty seven. Thirty. It doesn't matter. And sorry, sorry, just, And he just had another child too. So now he has two kids. And Cowboy is a guy who loves to enjoy life. He's always on the boat. He's always on his motorcycle, building things in his ranch. And there's a lot of jumping things he can do. Planes. Yeah, jumping off planes. So there's a lot of things that he can do besides fighting. And I'm sure he can stay busy enough. Um, if he wins his fight, I feel like he might. Yeah, he'll definitely take another fight because he just has that in him. He has that dog in him. And he'll probably take another fight Dang. the next month or the week after. So I wouldn't be surprised. But this is definitely, I feel, is going to be the fight of the night. Cowboy Cerrone. We love watching him fight. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be behind him to see him win. Um, same thing for Nico. Nico's a good guy as well. Fun guy to watch. I've never watched a bad Nico Price fight. He always pushes forward and he's always looking for the finish. And I'm sure that's going to just be make it such a compelling fight. So this this one, guys, this is going to be fight of the night. But Nick, we need a prediction. No, like I said, it's going to be. I think it's going to be Cerrone. I think, oh, like I said, I, I know that. that. I know that. I know that. Um, that Price. Is that, I don't want to write off Price like he's just going to be, you know, this uh, like sort of a stepping stone to Cerrone's uh, retirement. I don't want to do that because, like I've said in the last show, I mean, this game is 50-50. It doesn't matter who you are. There's two, uh, there's two people in there. Um, and, you know, any given Sunday, I guess you could say, like it's always a or Saturday in this uh, promotion. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think Cerrone wins. And I don't, like I said, if he wins and he retires, fantastic. If not... He's gonna keep going because clearly I don't think losses affect them. I don't think that he's one of these guys. Uh, one of these guys that when he loses, you know, it, it, he gets emotionally drained, or he uh, or that he doesn't want to rush into things. Like you said, if you got it and you can still keep going and you can get paid, why not? Especially with a, uh, a second baby girl. Yeah, gotta make gotta make that money. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Nico Price in this fight because I just feel Nico is the younger, fresher, bigger guy too. I don't think Donald Cerrone is a welterweight. Uh, he's just a little too small for that. He says he walks around about 185 pounds, which is not too big of a, of a cut for him at all. No, not 185 pounds. He walks around about 178 pounds, which only an eight pound cut. And Nico Price is just such a big guy. He's very powerful. And Cerrone's definitely been dealing with a lot of these powerful guys. And he dealt with a McGregor who is powerful, but he's not a welterweight. He hits hard, yes, but hits hard for a lightweight. So the fact that he took that shot from McGregor and, and how he went down, I don't see him ascending from there. I feel like a lot of him is descending. It's going to hurt me to see. I don't want to see it, but I'm going to have to write it. I'm not going to go emotional on this decision. I'm going to pick Nico Price. Got to go with Nico Price, but oh, fight it tonight for you sure. Now that I said <laughs> my emotions aside. Oh, one quick thing. Donald Cerrone is uh, sparring for the first time in about 10 fights. He stopped sparring uh, when he left Greg Jackson's gym, and now he's sparring again. So that's going to be very interesting to see because – now he, he take, he's taking shots before fights, before he wasn't taking anything, and it was just going straight into the fight without getting hit, which is a little weird for reaction time and how you take those shots. So that's going to be very interesting to see. In, uh, before this fight, we got the man. He's back. Cosma, Ch Cosma 
Chaimov is taking on Gerald Murchart in the middleweight division. Uh, Cosmo fights in both weight classes, and he already has a fight scheduled in uh, October against Damian Maya that the UFC has given him. And Gerald Murchart is just yeah. like, you know what? No, he's not going to come in this fight and be ready for that fight. I'm going to make sure he takes damage and he will, will be unable to fight Damian Maya in October. Yeah, so I, I, I have to, especially with COVID going on, I keep saying hazmat, but it's not that. I have to really take the time and pronounce his name. It's Hamzat. Hamzat. So, um, so <laughs> before I, I get confused again, because I keep calling him hazmat. Uh, I'm calling Hamzat, him. I, I, say he, I say Hamzat sometimes. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It's, it's hard to keep up. No, but it's true. Like I, You could tell that Gerald is definitely uh, bothered by this because essentially by giving – Hamzat, uh, the the two fights already. You're you're basically saying that that Mershitz is a uh, is a uh, is a write off. Like yeah. you know that he's gonna lose this fight and that this guy's gonna continue. I mean, because at the same time, can you really blame Dana White or UFC for having that mentality? Yes, is it wrong that they have it? Yes, but you know, stereotypes and assumptions are out there for a reason. And it's because this guy Hamzat has just absolutely dominated his first two uh, two fighters in, in his UFC career. I mean, to the point where it's like, just stop already. The guy's dead, you know? So I can see why they gave him those two fights, but it's true. I, I If I was Gerald, I would be upset as well. I'd be like, wow, dude, like, that's how you feel about me. I know that I'm seasoned, but that doesn't mean that, you know, this guy's just going to roll through me, even though it might seem like it, it, he is given his last two fights. But I mean, come on. I love Jared Murchard's uh, mentality going to this fight that you're not going to just run over me, but Hazmat is going to run over him. I don't think, I don't see this going too well for Gerald. Gerald is very good off of his back. Hamzat, Hamzat. Hamzat, Hamzat. Um, I, Gerald's very good off of his back, but he's very good at being controlled from the top. And Hamzat is literally a professional at doing that in his style that he has, taking people down. Um, I don't see this going very well for Gerald. Okay. I think it's going to be... You okay? Can't hear me? Uh-oh. Technical difficulties. One moment. Oh, I think we're good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Yeah, I was going to say, I was losing you for a little bit. So so what were you saying uh, before? Oh, okay. So uh, Mershart is has a good style being off of his back but he's definitely gets dominated from the top a lot by other guys Hamz, uh, Hamz, is not the biggest uh middleweight but he's very powerful no matter if he's fighting in world or middleweight he's just very dominant from the top and he doesn't take damage he's only been hit twice in his past two fights i remember you bringing up that stat two times in two fights so i don't see gerald hitting him i think he's going to get dominated i don't think it's going to be close and i think Hamzat is going to go straight into that Damian Maya fight, and then we're going to see him against somebody who is well-skilled and well-versed in grappling, and I'm looking forward to that fight more than this one, but I'm just looking forward to see to seeing how Hamzat looks against somebody who's as skilled as Jero Murchard. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's, it's going to be nice to actually get somebody seasoned against him, um, but nonetheless, like you said, just because of his... Uh, his dominance in the last two fights and and not only that but the momentum he's got going behind him and the confidence that he conveys i think that he's just going to absolutely dominate uh, uh gerald as well and and definitely going to make his way to maya i mean i think maya would be the more entertaining fight but dare i say even as early as it is perhaps he dominates maya too because the way that this guy uh fights like really who's going to take him down that's not you know in that <laughs> top five you know and even the top five is questionable 100 percent but I, I, I can't wait to – I think he's going to make it to the Damian Maia for sure pretty easily. And, man, that's going to be such a good grappler versus grappler right there. Unless Hamzat decides to just, like, stand and strike with Maya, but Maya is going to want to take him down too. But Damian Maia actually has his top three of most takedowns in UFC history, and he's not even a wrestler, which is awesome. It shows you how well-versed his skills are. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that fight more than this one, but this is going to be uh, – I feel like this is going to be the Hamzat show here if any, uh, when everybody's watching this card. Wait to see how dominant this guy from Dagestan is. Part three in the last, what, month and a half, which is absolutely yeah, up there. Exactly. But uh, a fight that I'm looking forward to a lot in the women's uh, strawweight division is uh, Mackenzie Dern taking on uh, Random Marcos. Mackenzie Dern is a BJJ expert. She's a how many time Abu Dhabi champion, 
uh, really good on the ground. And Randa Marcos is another girl who's really good on the ground as well. But the difference here is Mackenzie Dern has turned it up on the striking for sure. She is now training with Jason Perillo at um, in California. Same coach, same guy who coaches who coached Michael Bisping. Same guy who coaches Chido Vera. Um, same guy who's now coaching Luke Rockhold. And he is a guy that anytime somebody goes to him, he just changes the way that you strike and makes you such a smarter MMA fighter. And I'm excited to see how Mackenzie Dern is going to look against somebody who's experienced as Randa Marcos, who's fight who's fought the Claudia Gadellas, who's fought the um, uh, Carla Esparzas, who fought the Angela Hill, like a lot of these girls in that division mm -hmm. that are now in that top six. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Mackenzie Dern looks against her. Yeah, I think I think she's going to continue. Uh, well, one thing they have in common is that they both fought and lost to Amanda Hibas, which we Correct. saw against uh, Peter Van Zandt. Yeah. And um, that's another one that we have to look out for. But going back to these two girls, um, obviously Mackenzie there with an eight and one record, you know, she's, she shows a lot of promise and beyond promise. So, and now that more so that she's, that she's working more on her punches and everything, I think that this is going to be something where who knows, I don't want to completely disregard Marcos, but, um, I just feel that Mackenzie's got a lot of momentum behind her and, and, and that she's, uh, one of these fighters who's willing to sort of, sort of speak, uh, get out of her comfort zone, not always rely on her strengths, but try something new. Uh, and that's why she's been so successful uh, thus far. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen with this fight as well. So as far as predictions, I mean, you already heard it. I, I, I'm picking Mackenzie Dern. I want to hear some of that Portuguese accent that she's been uh, <laughs> working on, which I, haven't, I, haven't, I still haven't checked out that video. But, I, but I, I, I remember you telling me that, like, I thought she was straight up Brazilian. I thought that she was, you know, when she was speaking Portuguese, I was like, oh, OK, she's from Brazil. But I was like, but it says United States. And then, you know. Yeah, I, supposedly there's been like an evolution of her of her accent, which whatever you know, if you if you if you're that proud of your roots, you know, if that's one way you want to show your pride, then by all means. Listen, like a Pokemon, that accent has evolved. I will send you that video after this so you can see exactly how it sounds. Um, she is a, a, a she 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 definitely puts in the work, and you can see that she was having a lot of weight cut issues before. She was really like dedicated to MMA. She was making her way into it. And she was like missing, she missed one, she missed one time she missed weight by seven pounds, which was crazy. But then after that, yeah. she came right back and she made 115 pounds pretty easy. And I've been looking at the videos of her training and she already looks small. So I think she's very focused for this fight. I think this is gonna show you a lot of what um she's been working on. And this is only gonna propel her higher in that weight class. And I see her as a future champion. And I wanna see her fight Amanda Hebus one more time because I feel that she's getting better now. And he was fought her when she was in that very young stage of her career. So I'm still picking, I mean, I'm going to pick Mackenzie Dern in this fight. She's going to show her striking. And I think she's going to knock out Randa Marcos in the first round because she presses forward. She likes to go for the finish. I think she finishes her first round knockout or submission. Cause you know, she's got the submissions in there. So that is, that's going to yeah, be a really good fight. She's, she's, she's a pretty dynamic fighter. So it could go either way. First round, that's a, that's a ballsy call, but I mean. And, and Randa Marcos is not one to get finished that fast, but Man, no, Mackenzie Dern pushes really, really hard for, for finishes in that first round. And I think she'll finish her in, in the – I think that'll happen. Yeah. For sure. All right. So, you guys, there's you got to watch that uh, card on Saturday. It's amazing from top to bottom. There's a lot of prelim fights on that card. Really? Johnny Walker. I'm surprised that this is free, to be honest. Yeah, this is free, which is crazy. Johnny Walker is also on that card fighting Ryan Spann. Yeah. We got – um, we got uh, what's my man's name? I'm forgetting his name. It's killing me right now. Like I'm not remembering it. I'm not remembering it. Anyways, uh, there's it's it's a really it's a really stacked card. You guys have got to watch it. But besides that, we got some news. Of course, the Dustin Poirier fight and Tony Ferguson is officially off. We actually found this news out as soon as we ended the broadcast last week, which yeah. was crazy because we we're talking about how excited we were for this fight, and the UFC and Dustin Poirier could not come to an agreement on the contract and for the money for this fight. Uh, so Dustin Poirier is now out of the fight. Uh, Nick, what do you think about this? The first off, I'm trying. Uh, I'm curious as to what breaking news is going to come out after this because every it seems that every time we do one of these things, the breaking news always happens when we finish, of course. But um, but I I don't know. I guess like maybe they couldn't come to an agreement. I know Tony Ferguson was uh, sort of reaching out to, to Dana and UFC publicly, like putting it out there. You know, get get Poirier his money. You know, like let's make this fight happen. It's a fight that obviously everybody would love to see. I absolutely would love to see it. Um, but unfortunately, money sometimes. Has a uh, has a funny way of getting in between things and and now allowing them to happen, um, but I, I mean 
I hope it happens, but if it doesn't happen, there's other options out there too, you know? And what we're gonna talk, what we're gonna talk about shortly. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, I, I wouldn't be upset with that option either. But I I mean obviously what we really all want to see is Poirier versus Ferguson. I think somehow it happens. But what another thing too is that you don't want to have a situation where I suppose you know, like uh, I, I think Dana Dana White uh, perhaps wasn't necessarily too uh, content with Jorge Masvidal having to give him his new deal in the way that he did. You know, being rushed, being pressured because you need to find a fighter. And so I think that's another situation. Like uh, after that moment, I think he's just like, you know, what? I don't want to be too emotional. I don't want to uh, be too erratic with my decision making when it comes to my business. Um, as much as obviously we would love to see it happen, if it's going to affect the UFC's business, you know, they have no problem looking the other way or finding somebody else. Yeah, um, I don't blame Dustin Poirier for, for this because he's been in so many wars. And you're going to tell me, hey, hey, Dustin, you're going to fight uh, Tony Ferguson and you're not going to give uh, Justin, uh, I mean, Justin, you're, gonna, you're not going to give Dustin enough money to go through another war like that. I know it's going to be three rounds, but any three rounds with Tony Ferguson. Have you seen his last opponents? There's literally a picture, if you want to Google it, Tony Ferguson's last five opponents, their faces are beat up no matter if he won or lost, which he won majority of the fights. But still, you fight yeah. a guy like Tony Ferguson, you're going to get hurt. Dustin, Poir uh, Dustin Poirier only made $150,000 to show and $150,000 to win in his last fight, which is crazy because it was a main event of a, of a card. And he's only fought in main events his past couple fights. How is that man not getting paid the right amount of money? I don't blame him. It's a good move on his part. There's no way he's going to move down in rankings, and there's no way he's not going to end up getting that money. Dana White said, oh, Dustin Poirier negotiated himself out of that fight. Cool. Way to say that out loud, Dana White, to make the fighters like kind of like you know, I feel like it's almost a leverage kind of thing to where, okay, he said out loud, no, I want to take the fight. I don't look like a bitch or something like that. No. Right, yeah, I or I don't want to look selfish or greedy. Want... But, but like you said, like, you're not being greedy, dude. Like, you, if you're going to get your face beat the shit out of by, by a guy like Tony Ferguson, you, you might as well make your, your time worth it, you know? And yeah. like you said, this is, a, this is a guy that people actually, yeah, he's no McGregor, he's no Masvidal, but people still tune in to watch this guy fight. So, exactly. um, so I mean... I think I think I really hate it when dirty laundry gets out there. I really do. Um, I wish they could have business. kept that to it's themselves. Such, it's such a business. It's business. He, he does but, it I mean, on it's purpose. True. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's a business tactic and everything. I don't think, I mean, if Dustin decides to sit this one out, I'm not going to be mad at him. Because, dude, like, honestly, to fight somebody like Tony Ferguson and having fought the wars that you have, I mean, you, it, there's, there's really no need for you to rush in or give in either. Because, Absolutely. obviously, if anybody deserves a big payday, it's him. Yeah, you got to stand up for yourself and make sure you're getting a, paid the, a good amount of money. And you've been fighting for the UFC for a long time. I hope Dustin Poirier gets that money. And I hope that he gets somebody really good to fight after that. And he doesn't have to fight for the rest of the year. He's fought so many times in the past uh, year, to be honest. So there's no rush for him to fight and no rush for him to get in a war like that as well. Because he was just in a war with Dan Hooker about a month and a half ago, which was a crazy mm -hmm. fight. And you know this fight's going to be crazy with um, on, on the card with Habib. Versus Gaethje. You're going to tell me that pay-per-view card is not going to make a, enough money to pay Dustin Poirier? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's absolutely that's absurd. Too, being on the same exact... And you also got to think about this. We just saw what happened with Gilbert Burns with his with his late test results. Yeah. Right? That's uh, another risk. COVID. <laughs> what's going what's gonna to happen when... All right. Like, let's... God forbid, let's say that Khabib or Justin um, can't make this fight because of a positive COVID test. Who's going to be your main event? Do you really want Ferguson against some scrub or not Ferguson at all? Or do you want to give... The fight that people are still going to pay and people still are going to tune in for, which is obviously Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson. So I think that he's actually going to lose more money by letting him pass rather than just giving him the money that he's demanding. Absolutely. But if this fight doesn't happen, there's another good one in the horizon. And we're hearing that Michael Chandler might be stepping in. Michael Chandler, who we've been talking about, I feel like forever on this podcast, it might be closing in on that deal with the UFC. Dana White said they offered an opponent to Tony Ferguson already, and it's looking like it's going to be Michael Chandler. Uh, some rumblings that I've heard from some people, uh, friends, other MMA fans have said they're not too excited for that fight. How is Michael Chandler getting a guy like Tony Ferguson as his first I'm fight? Excited. What? I am beyond excited. excited. You know how long I've been waiting for Michael Chandler to fight people in the UFC, and you're going to tell me his first fight is Tony Ferguson? I am ecstatic. Michael Chandler has fought champions who have come from the UFC in Bellator. So you cannot tell me he does not deserve this fight. And you cannot tell me you don't want to watch this fight because he's been in wars. 
He's not an easy guy to finish. Tony Ferguson's not an easy guy to finish. They're going to go at each other's neck. And you know Michael Chandler is going to want to make that great first impression in his, in his UFC debut. And that could propel him right into a title shot right after that. So I would love to see that fight. And I hope it happens. I hope he's signing with the UFC. hope they announce this sometime this week. We don't know yet. But as you can see in my face and hearing my voice, I am ecstatic. Yeah, and you know, as far as all the gas bagging that I was just doing and making a case for Dustin Poirier, I truly do mean that. But now that we're talking about Michael Chandler, yeah. I just want to say, if it doesn't happen, I wouldn't be upset with this consolation prize because they finally get Michael Chandler in the UFC. That would be, pardon my language, fucking incredible. Because <laughs> especially against somebody like Tony Ferguson. I mean, I, and you said, imagine that he, imagine that he beats Tony Ferguson he's possibly going to get a title fight right after that. Maybe not because it's not kosher, but like, look, you just have one fight in this promotion. You need to fight some more. But I mean, why not? Tony Ferguson was actually supposed to be fighting Habib, right? Until yep. Justin uh, Justin beat the shit out of him. Yep. And then, uh, but let's say that, that Ferguson uh, beat him, right? Or let's say that that fight never happened. You're looking at the top contender or what would have been the top contender, right? If you beat him as uh, coming into the, uh, to a new promotion as Michael Chandler, why wouldn't you get a title fight after that? As unkosher as it is or unorthodox, whatever you want to uh, call it, you know? But yeah, I, I mean, this is this is fantastic. I And in a way, like I said, I would love to see Dustin Poirier versus Ferguson. But fuck, if this happens, I ain't going to be mad. I'm not mad at all. And a question that a lot of people had, does, uh, is, it, is there nothing to gain for, to, for Tony Ferguson? There's plenty to gain, in my opinion. Another fight, yeah. not taking that much time off because I feel like him having so much time off affected his fight against Justin Gaethje. Tony Ferguson is a very active fighter. He fights three, four times a year. He's not a guy one to get... I mean, he's gotten injured only when he fights Habib. Somehow that fight is just not meant to happen ever in our lifetimes. But besides no, that, Ferguson is a very active guy. Why not be active against a guy like Michael Chandler? Everybody's going to want to watch that fight. And Tony Ferguson is not somebody to turn down a fight. And any victory is a game for, for somebody. And I feel like he's going to get a lot of uh, credit for this fight. And that can propel him once again into a title shot because he's right there in the mix. It's a lightweight division. I want to see everybody fight everybody in that division because that is the most exciting division in the UFC. So I think Tony Ferguson does have something to gain from that fight. I mean, what, uh, yeah, absolutely. You beat a champion, be it another promotion, but you beat a multiple champion like, uh, like Chandler. I mean, of course, that's going to only propel your game, right? Yep. And, uh, and, and that, uh, but I, I just don't get that concept that people are like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, like, I, I don't want to see Chandler get Ferguson right away. It's like, excuse me, why wouldn't you? Like, what better entrance to the UFC than Tony Ferguson, right? You know, okay, maybe Justin Gaethje, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Habib. But, you know, obviously those guys are going to fight for the title now, you know? McGregor's not going to be fighting this year without a uh, without a, a crowd, you know? And 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 so who better next than, than Tony Ferguson? And then not only that, but that would, like, think about this way. If Chandler comes in and he loses to Tony Ferguson, you kind of give him the pass like, okay, yeah, you know what? It's Tony Ferguson. It's a new league. But if he comes into the UFC and he beats somebody of the likes of Tony Ferguson, I mean, that just goes to uh, show that like that whole argument uh, about, you know, Bellator, UFC, um, whatever, it, uh, being a, uh, it being a diluted promotion compared to UFC, all that is out the window. You know, yep. you could just eradicate that thought because, I mean, Tony F. Ferguson, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, and who... Who, uh, what, what, what a statement that would be for Chandler. I hope it happens. I mean, like I said, I, I would be happy as a pig and shit with, uh, with um, uh, Poirier and, and Ferguson. But, I mean, this is, this is really a, a sweet consolation. So, Absolutely. And I hope, it, I, I hope the UFC announces that tomorrow or Friday or on this card on Saturday. We'd love to see it. We'd be super ecstatic for that. Nobody should be sad about amazing, explosive fights like that, especially with a guy like Michael Chandler. And if you've never seen Michael Chandler fight... Just go on YouTube, type YouTube, in Michael Chandler, and there's plenty of fights on there. But speaking of the lightweight YouTube division, baby. guess who's <laughs> YouTube, baby? Guess who is back in the news? What are the odds? Conor McGregor was cited and arrested. I know. Was cited and arrested for sexual assault in France. He's been on a, a vacation for like a, a really long time. Um, he's been on, we've seen him on a boat on the beach with his uh, fiance now. Then all of a sudden, yeah. we see that he's now in trouble for sexual assault. What is he doing? It's um, not surprising to me, but I feel that Conor McGregor needs to understand how big his name is. Anything that he does will be reported. Conor McGregor, eat, Conor McGregor eating sushi. Conor McGregor walking on the beach. Conor McGregor riding with a pen. 
every single move that he does now is going to be documented and will be out there no matter if he's guilty or not guilty. He's got to be careful. I mean, I think it's it's almost uh, let's say masochist of him to. I, I feel like it, it, this might be one of those things where uh, you know there's no uh, such thing as as bad publicity um, for him, and I, I think he needs to like really like you said like wake up, dude. Like you are a massive name in the game. You are a, a LeBron James. You are a Cristiano Ronaldo. You uh, you know you're always going to be in the limelight whether you like it or not, right? And obviously he loves it. But if you're gonna that, but because of it, you have to acknowledge that, and you have to really be aware of your surroundings and be aware of your actions too, you know, because these are allegations. But I mean, it just uh, even if it's true or not, it's still a bad look, right? So yep. I don't know what it is, dude, that you're that you're getting into or where you're going, but keep an eye out, be very aware of who you who you surround yourself with, and do yourself a favor, hang out with your kid, hang out with your fiance, get married, stay in your home like everybody else this year. And just stay out of trouble. So these, yes, are not, these are not great allegations, you know. Like I wish, I wish it was the tabloids that, like, you know, like kind of like, oh, McGregor looking a little pudgy uh, on holiday or whatever. Like that's the type of news, the bad, the bad news that I like to see him in. But you know, allegations of sexual assault—that's not a good look, especially after you've had the look of obviously the incident that happened in New York um, with with the buses and the, bus. and the chaos that and that ensued there, punching an older man in a bar because he didn't want to drink your proper twelve. I mean, come on, man. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And he has to understand how big his name is, and he's going to be watched at all times. We just want to see you fight, Connor, and talk. I mean, do your talking and everything, but I hope we see him back in the cage. I hope he stays in less trouble. I don't want to see something like Mike Tyson happen to him to where at a young age, everything just goes downhill because of the money thing. Too much money. You don't know what to do with yourself. Um, you, are in my, you are in my prayer, Connor, Connor McGregor. You are in my prayers. I know you say Connor bless all the time, but Darnell bless this time, and I hope that you stay out of this trouble and we get to see you fight next year when there's an audience. Uh, Bellator is actually putting on an event in France October 13th, and they're allowing 5,000 mm -hmm. fans there. So I think the ball is going to start getting rolling with fans coming yeah, in. So definitely. Hopefully by that time period, we'll get bigger fights, we'll get people there, we'll get crowds back in action, and we'll see what happens. But that is time for today, guys. We appreciate you joining us on this new platform. I know we're on YouTube. Hit that button, that subscribe button, so you can get a reminder of every single time we're going to be on. I always set a reminder so you guys can see. As usual, this will be on iTunes, Spotify, all streaming platforms that I, we can provide. This is now on Facebook as well, YouTube. It is everywhere. I'm going to put it on my Instagram right after this so you all can watch for your viewing pleasure. There's an amazing card on Saturday, guys. Don't miss it. Nick, Don't appreciate you as it, always. We appreciate you guys, and we are out. Go heat. <laughs> Lakers.